New Testament lesson is from Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10 and 16 through 20. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. We s- Alleluia. Yes. We'll say that again. Christ is risen. Christ indeed. Alleluia. We gather today on the second Sunday of Easter. And in Ukraine and places throughout the East, it's actually Easter Day. Um, I have been following some Methodist pastors in Ukraine since the war began. And last night slash this morning, uh, they, were, they were lifting up the same phrase that we shouted last week, they are shouting this week, even in the face of war. We gather together today continuing to celebrate the good news of Easter that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And this morning I um, invited us to read from Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter, uh, not the text for this year's Easter. So I assumed y'all probably did not read that last week um, for Easter, but another version of the Easter message. I want to say thank you for the opportunity to come and be with you on this United Methodist Women's Sunday. And as I began thinking about the Easter message and United Methodist women, I I couldn't see them separate. Because United Methodist women's um, vision, or United Women in Faith's vision now, is love in action will transform the world. Love in action will transform the world. 
What a better way to describe Easter. Love and action that transformed the world. As Christ rose from the grave, there was love in action. As Christ died on the cross, there was love in action. And as he rose from the grave, that transformed the world forever. It still continues to transform our lives as we follow the resurrected one. God's love and action continues to transform the world this day. And so on this United Methodist Women's Sunday, I want to celebrate love and action that is transforming our world. As we read from scripture, I see numerous ways that love and action is transforming the world in our scripture passage. But on this United Methodist Women's Sunday, one of the things I took note of in the scripture was that Jesus called women to preach the first Easter message. In the midst of Holy Week, one of my church members sent me a, a text message with the meme that I had seen throughout some of my United Methodist Women clergy women uh, posts that if it was going to be an authentic Easter, they needed to have a woman preaching. So authentically, here I am, a woman preaching the Easter message. In each of the Gospels, it is the wo women who first visit the tomb. It is the women who are first commissioned to go and preach the good news of the gospel. It is women who are sent and who are called, who are commissioned to share God's love through action that will transform our world. As I began thinking about women in the church, as Sissy prayed so eloquently, um, women have often been the backbone of the church. They have often been the folks who have made things happen. They have been key in leadership and making things happen in the church. And I've seen over and over again how women in the church are the backbone. And then I thought about my life personally. I thought about the women who had key roles in helping me develop my faith. It was my mom and my grandma who would sing me to sleep at night, right, um, singing those hymns. It was my grandmother who took me to piano lessons to learn how to play the hymns on the piano. It was my godmother, Kay Heatherly, and the other women of the church who taught me Sunday school. And then it was my mom who would ask whether I had gone to church when I was in college. Imagine her audacity to call me on Sunday afternoon, were you in church this morning? And still to this day, it's my colleagues in ministry who help me um, to continue to hear God's call in my life and to ask the hard questions, how is it with your soul? As I thought back about the women in my life in the past and in the present, it is they who introduced me to Jesus. It was the women in my life who helped shape and, and form me into the person that I became to be. And eventually, it was a female pastor who helped me identify my call. Now, she wasn't Methodist. She was Presbyterian. We won't hold that against her. She also married my husband and I. But it was she who helped me to hear and understand that God was calling me. But the thing that I, I regret is that throughout my childhood, all the way up to college, I had never seen a woman in the pulpit. 
I had never experienced a woman preach in my midst. Now, I'll I'll say that was years ago, and there's more of us out there preaching. But I celebrate today that the United United Methodist Church ordains women, and I'm grateful for my girls that every single week they get to hear a, a, a lady preacher, a woman pastor. Now, I don't want to seem to say that men are not important. So, guys, I have a phenomenal husband who is there for me every, every single day. And my dad was key in my faith development. My dad was a pastor, a local pastor for the United Methodist Church. And my husband teaches Sunday school most Sunday mornings, although not today. Men are key parts of the body of Christ, but on this United Methodist Women's Sunday, I want to point out that it was women who were on that first Easter Sunday commissioned and sent by God to share the good news. What a shame that for so many years, and still to this day in many places, women are silenced and kept from leading in worship. I praise God for United Methodist women who years ago stood up and said that women are called, and when God calls, we can't silence. We're called to allow God to speak. And where the Holy Spirit falls, may we allow God's Spirit to move. And so on that first Easter morning, when God called women to go to the tomb, I believe we are, we are called to see a, a specific message this morning. The angels said, or the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. It's the same message that was said to Mary and to Joseph and throughout the Gospels. And then he says this, I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he's been raised from the dead just as he said. And then this is one of my favorite parts. The angel invites the women to come in and see, and they come in and see the place where they they had laid him. Now, our scripture in this gospel does not say that they saw the linen clothes rolled up, but we assume that that is exactly what they saw. And we believe that they understood because this is what the angel tells them next. The angel invites them, commissions them to put their love in action when he says, now go and tell my disciples. He's been raised from the dead. He's going ahead onto Galilee. You will see him there and I will give the message to you. After the women were invited to come and see, they were then told to go and share the good news of the gospel. And then the angel says this, I've given the message to you. I've given the message to you. As we read this passage anew in 2022, I believe what we are called to hear is that we are given the message to. The angel gives the message to the women, but also to us today. Just as the women received the message and calling, we too, in reading the Gospels, receive the good news that Christ has risen, and we are commissioned and sent to tell the good news. And as United Methodist women, we're called to put love into action so that we may transform the world. 
This is exactly what Jesus tells the disciples in the second half of chapter 28, when he gives us these words that I hope you recognize, because they are the United Methodist Church's mission statement. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this age. You and I, who have heard the Easter message, are commissioned and sent to put love into action so that the world may be transformed. Jesus tells the disciples first that we must go. And I think that's a really important word, go. That's love in action. We're not called to stay inside of these beautiful, I want to say this sanctuary is beautiful, in, in these beautiful walls. We're called to go outside of them. We're called to go forth and to serve our communities. For some, that might be looking like just serving here in York County. I want to say thank you for the ways that you served this year with the men's shelter. I have to plug that, right? Thank you for that. Um, but also that there are other opportunities in our community to serve. Whether it's at the Dorothy Day Soup Kitchen, I see that on the list of ministries that this church is a part of. Or maybe it's another entity here in our community. Jan, your, your group is doing Plentiful Harvest this upcoming week. How do we um, go forth and put our love in action? We're called not to sit in our homes or wait for people to come for us. We are called to go forth into the world to serve. Love in action is how we make disciples. So I want to talk a little bit about making disciples. And I, I, I'm talking really fast because I know I only have a short amount of time. <laughs> Um, disciple making. Disciple making, yes, it looks like Bible study 4.30 on Thursday. I saw that in your bulletin. It looks like, yes, showing up and worship. That is key to each person's week and hearing God's word proclaimed. But I think most disciple making happens in our daily living. I know that beginning in May, Steve is going to start a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if y'all know that, but he and I talked about it. Maybe y'all do. Lord's Prayer. Some of us know that. Well, I'm telling you this morning, you're starting a sermon series next week on the Lord's Prayer. And as you are starting that sermon series, there are ways that daily that we can make disciples. My congregation just finished a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. That's kind of how Steve and I had this conversation, right? And as I think about it, one of the things that I incorporated into my daily life that was a part of my disciple-making is when my children and I are on our way to school, we pause to pray. We pause to pray for, yes, their teachers and their friends and things that are happening in their life, um, but we also incorporated during Lent the Lord's Prayer. It was an easy disciple-making so if you have kids, if you are taking them to school or picking them up from school, take that time, that, that opportunity to teach them the Lord's Prayer. It's something that they will never forget. Now, if you're not taking kids to school, even if you're not going to work, I guarantee that you get in your car most days, right? Maybe? 
most days. When you hop in your car, there's an opportunity for you to continue to develop your relationship with Christ. It's a reminder to pray that, that Lord's Prayer that you're going to be studying as God's people here at Aldersgate. As I also think about my life daily, I, I see disciple-making happening as I interact with people day in and, and day out as we care for our literal families and as we care for our literal community right here, our neighbor next door, we are sharing God's love. We're putting love into action, and we have opportunities to make disciples every single day. One more quick story. Do I have enough? I, th I think I can put this one in. Um, this past week, I answered the church phone. I don't always answer the church phone, but our admin was out sick, and so I picked up the phone. And it was a, a gentleman looking for a place to stay. He had just um, exited out of the hospital at Lexington Medical Center in uh, Lexington, South Carolina. About, he said, I'm 70 miles away. I'm in a rental car. I can get there, but I need to know if you've got a bed for me. As I spoke to him for a while, as I spoke to him, I thought driving 70 miles to come and maybe get a bed, maybe not, because our overflows are not open now. I said, I don't think that's a good idea, but let me do a little research on my computer right here, and let me give you a couple of other resources. As after I gave him those resources, I said, can I pray with you? He didn't know I was a pastor. All he knew was that we had a shelter, right? He didn't know who he was speaking with. Well, one of the things that I offered him was hope. One of the things that I know that comes through the Easter message is the disciples, the women who went to that tomb that first morning, they went there sad. They didn't go there believing that Jesus had risen. They had no idea that he had been raised from the dead. As they went to that tomb, they went grief-stricken. But when they left, they had hope because he had been raised. He had defeated death. And the thing that speaks to each one of us is that because he rose, we are promised that the worst thing will never be the last thing. Let me say that again. The worst thing will never be the last thing for each of us. And so what, in whatever situation that you are in, whether it's picking up the phone call here at a church or maybe wherever you may be, maybe in the grocery at the store, someone begins to talk to you. How do you offer them hope? As I prayed with this gentleman, I, I, I prayed a prayer of hope and I said, because we follow a God who defeated death, who made a way where there seemed to be no way, we pray that God would create a way for him. Since that call, I've prayed for that individual, and I've prayed that God, our God, who rose from the dead, that he too would make a way where there seemed to be no way. What if we all woke up every day and asked, how can we intentionally share the love of Christ with our world today? What if? We woke up and we asked, how can I intentionally share the love of God with my world today? Would that transform the world? 
United Methodist women say, let us put love in action. And if we do that, we will transform the world. When Christ rose from the grave, he put love in action. As the women showed up at the tomb grief-stricken, they put love in action when they went forth and shared the good news that Christ, our Lord, is risen. He is risen indeed. And when the disciples took the call that Jesus gave them to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ, to transform the world, they put love into action. And because of those women, because of those disciples, and because of Jesus, you and I continue that movement of putting love into action that I believe can transform the world. The question is, is will we ask ourselves daily, how can I put love into action so that my community, my world might be changed forever? I hope that during your Easter sermon series on the Lord's Prayer that you'll take time daily to pray that prayer. You can even start this week when you hop in your car. Teach the children in your life the Lord's Prayer. It's one of the most powerful prayers there is. Make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's what Jesus called us to do. May we put love into action, and may it forever transform the world. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. Our closing hymn today.